Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone picker picker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the podverse. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Turning of the Bones podcast. I am your host, Colby Marie. Good tidings, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, buenos dias. How in the hell are you all doing today? It is so nice to be here, to sit down and have a little little chat, little podcast playtime. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to all my listeners. This is this is the last episode before the year anniversary, and I just I, <laughs> I can't even believe it. It's been a year doing this podcast every week. Been sitting down, whether it was in my apartment off Federal Avenue, the the highway sounds, whether it was living with the roommates in South Denver, with the garden, or this new majestic palace full of plants and life and love that I'm living in, my four-story, fourth-floor treehouse here in Capitol Hill. We've been sitting down for a year. That is absolutely crazy. Thank you so much to all of you who have supported this, all of you who've been here since the beginning. Welcome to new folks. It's so nice to have you here. If uh, this is your first time listening to the podcast, I think you probably jump right into this one because this is... This is a standalone podcast. You don't need to know too much about the world that we've got going on here. But if you'd like, you can go back to the beginning. Kind of I ground this podcast in things that we share. That's kind of the point here is to sit down and see where we come together. See where we can move forward. See where we can look at old beliefs, ideas, assumptions, conditioning. And really just... Try to work towards being more content, discerning, happy, joyful, spacious beings who can handle the whole of the human experience from grief and death to loss and life and love and joy and crushes and laughter. So welcome. Thanks for being here. I'm excited about this podcast today, not just because it's spring here and yesterday was the first I would say it was the first proper t-shirt weather day where you could be outside. Maybe you'd want a jacket nearby in your bag or in the car, but you didn't need one most of the day. One thing for those of you who've been to Colorado who live in Colorado, know people in Colorado, it's you got a layer here. You have to take layers out with you, and that's pretty much true all year round. You never know when some some new storm, some new front's going to blow in, but we've had a lot of nice weather we are almost at the end of March, the dreadful last two weeks of March, where it just seems like the plants are crying out, the the earth is tired, everything's moist, kind of off and on frozen, a little stuck, a little stagnant, but you can just feel the life ready to burst through, ready to get out of hibernation. So... Happy spring to everybody. Last week was the equinox. I hope you got a chance to to mark the time you spent inside this winter and get excited about the new things coming. So this week's podcast is it's going to be on creativity, which is really fun because it's one of my favorite skills that I think that I work with in my life, whether it's the podcast or art or music or emotional processing or professional processing or what else would it be? Innovation, those kinds of things. I think creativity is 
it's just a fascinating thing. And I wanted to do today's podcast because I had, I wanted to do it on creativity because yesterday I had the worst case of creative constipation I've had in a while. I had a pretty busy week and so yesterday was about the only day I could do research or prep for the podcast and the spring weather kind of had me in a hibernation day. I was low energy. My body was recovering from a week of of intense workouts. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say intense workouts. I've, I've been really pushing my workouts, pushing my body, trying to get strong here before my body really settles into this second half of life. I want to have a nice foundation to move forward from, get some things in line, some muscles strengthened, get some flexibility. Anyhow, I was just having this like down day. And if you if you can ever think of like a day that you just had a hard time formulating new thoughts, it was like it was real easy to have all the old shitty thoughts. But new thoughts were really hard to come by. I'm sure we've all had this, whether it was at work. You don't have to be an artist or a creator to be creative. And so this is, I think, something that can come to any of us in any profession, any walk of life. Um, but yeah, yesterday, holy, holy shit. I just could not get a podcast topic. You know, like I just, I couldn't get any momentum. I spent about two hours early in the morning reading all these research articles and watching videos about memory and how memory and our brains work. And I just couldn't, there was just nothing. Like I learned a ton of fascinating things about the fallibility of our prison system and eyewitness accounts and how you can plant memories in people. And it was a really fascinating journey, but I was like, I just don't have any kind of inspiration to do a podcast on this. And so took a deep breath, put down my computer. I was like, okay, it's time for a break. I took a little 30 minute nap. I was like, okay, I just need to reset. I'll get up and try something new. Got up, had a little second or third breakfast. I don't know. I can't really count these days. I'm having so many breakfast foods before noon with the workouts. But So I took a little break and I got back to it. I was like, you know, I live in Colorado. I talk about Denver quite a bit. Maybe I could do a cool one about you know, interesting facts about Colorado. And then I went down about a two hour wormhole about the indigenous peoples of the region and their migration routes and their spiritual boundaries and how, you know, none of those applied to what we think of as now Colorado. And then I looked into the history of Colorado and was like, wow, holy shit, this is just another depressing, you know, trip down settler and colonizer memory lane which, you know, there's a place for that, but I just couldn't really get a solid a solid theme or thesis going on with that. And I looked into, like, ghost towns. I mean, I went everywhere yesterday looking for a podcast topic. And after the two hours on the Colorado thing, I was like, this is just not working. And, you know, I experienced, I experienced panic, you know, because I've made the promise to myself and my audience to try to get one of these out a week. And... I just took a deep breath and I was like, you know, I gotta, I gotta get outside of the box here. And so I went to the park with my sister, took the dogs there, just kind of laid in the grass, let the sun hit my body, put my feet in the grass, my bare feet. Oh, it was delightful. Tell you what, it's nothing quite like the first feeling of barefooted warm day for me. It's just, I feel fully human and alive. And so I went and did that. Uh, came home oh and then, and then I was like you know maybe I should try to do something that I don't usually do like just activate the other parts of my brain try to do something creative but not you know don't, don't stay in this lane of needing to get a podcast organized like just trust the process something will come and so I went and got a bunch of got five different types of flowers and greenery and made a really lovely bouquet um which used to really intimidate me, but I took this this little workshop on bouquet making about a month ago with a dear friend of mine, and it really demystified flower arrangement for me. I remember at one point during the, the evening, the woman from Black and Blossomed, if you get a chance, check it out, Denver Black and Blossomed, I think they're on Instagram. She just said, uh, she said, hey guys, 
They look a little stressed. They're flowers. You can't make them ugly. <laughs> I just like cracked my ass up. Um, so I made a bouquet and I'm really, really pleased with how it turned out. And I, throughout that process, you know, of like, you know, I'm looking at my materials at Trader Joe's. Like, oh God, what do I get? I don't know what goes together. I don't know what colors do I want. I was like, you know, just pick five things that you like and take them home and let it sort itself out. And I did that and I wound up with this really lovely bouquet that like looking at, if I went to a florist, it probably cost me like a hundred bucks and I spent 25 bucks. Trader Joe's and I'm, I'm really pleased. There's some lovely pinks and some purples. I got some baby's breath, some eucalyptus, some other ferny greens and it just turned out lovely. And I came home, I did my little Disney social happy hour with the adults I work with, with uh, developmental disabilities. And then I just kind of shut it down. I was like, you know, this is going to work itself out. Something's going to come. I'm going to just, just trust this process. I'm, I'm working the edges around this creative block. And I watched Kung Fu Panda, ate popcorn for dinner, took a bath. And I went to bed and I was like, it's going to be okay. And this morning I woke up and I was like, you know, I'm going to do a podcast. And I felt alive. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast on like on writer's block, on creativity. And... That's what we got going on here today. And so that's a little bit of the backstory about how we got here. I think it'll tie in nicely at certain points throughout the rest of the podcast. Um, so creativity, I think, is kind of, it, it's become almost this like, or imagination, or you're an artist, or you're a creator. It's kind of got this mythical kind of a, uh, it feels kind of like a modern myth and I mean myth in the sense of things that aren't true not myth in the sense of stories that apply to all of us through throughout times and ages um, so myth and kind of the the modern misuse of that word like there's this myth around creativity that you're like either born with it or you're not and I think I can testify to this because at a very young age I passed some test that said I was super creative and so I got into a gifted and talented program and, you know, my marks in school, right, like intelligence, my, my ability to produce and reproduce information in school wasn't super solid, but my creativity was really, I guess, noticeably significant enough so that I got into this gifted and talented program. And so there's there's this kind of myth that I was raised with, that like, you know, you're just born creative. Some people are creative and some people aren't. And I think that's really reinforced by schools our parents and you know how could they not they were raised in our society that kind of has this general view that you know they're types of people right like you're either introverted or you're extroverted and all these kind of pseudoscience ways of relating to personality and psychology you're either creative or you're not you're either left-brained or right-brained which you know they're all pseudosciences they're not they've been almost completely debunked through modern neuroscience and cognitive neuroscience um and while they may be useful tools for helping us get to understand ourselves or develop self-awareness, they're not, they're not the rubric for the human experience. And so creativity, you know, let's, let's break it down. Let's go through some definitions. Let me get my educator on and uh, follow me into the classroom of creativity. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba-ba! So creativity, there are lots of different definitions if you go down any kind of Google wormhole about this. So creativity in the dictionary is the use of imagination or original ideas, especially in the production of an artistic work. And so right away, we get that kind of myth reinforced by, uh, by the dictionary. Um, you know, I'd, I'd argue that there are no original ideas, you know. They're, they're very few. They're ideas that come from other ideas. You know, it's kind of chicken or the egg, nature versus nurture. But I'd argue that they're very few original ideas and that we're all kind of the influence. We're making different connections. And I'd say that creativity, you know, in this definition is a little limited because it's not just artistic work. It's not how Nobel Peace Prizes are won or Nobel Science Prizes are won. You know, those people are, you know, Einstein, I think, said creativity is more important than intelligence and really there I read a bunch of studies that I won't bore you with but basically creativity is a type of intelligence intelligence is a type of creativity it's a lot of back and forth among scientists about that but basically 
there are lots of different kinds of intelligences. There's you know, emotional, creative, pattern recognition, uh, organizational, quantitative, like fact retention, memory. So it's, it's a really complex thing. Another definition for creativity is the tendency, so the tendency, like kind of the natural tendency, to generate or recognize ideas, alternatives, or possibilities that may be useful in solving problems, communicating with others, and entertaining ourselves. Um, <laughs> so I, the last one makes me laugh because thank God that I, have, I, I work on this skill because I, I very rarely am bored. I can pretty much always find a way to entertain myself. Um, but I think I like this definition because it includes uh, the tendency, right? Like it's not going to happen all the time like yesterday. Uh, to generate or recognize ideas, um, alternatives, different ways of looking at the same problem. You know, kind of that, there's like a fun brain game, like hold, like take a look at your fork and come up with 25 things that this fork could be or come up with 25 ways that you could improve a fork. There are lots of ways to engage with that tendency to solve problems. Um, I like that it says communicating with others because communication is such a creative process. We each do it differently. There are lots of ways that you can work with people. You know, sometimes you can diffuse a really tense situation with humor, which I think takes a lot of creativity. So I really like some of the things that that definition offers. But this one, I think we're going to take those pieces from those those first two, but this last one is really kind of what where I want to focus this podcast is creativity is a skill that can be developed in a process that can be managed. Creativity begins with a foundation of knowledge, learning a discipline, and mastering a way of thinking. We learn to be creative by experimenting, exploring, questioning assumptions, using imagination, and synthesizing information. So, wow, holy shit, all of a sudden creativity gets really practical, right? It's a skill. It's not, you know, you're not like touched by the, the good witch Linda on your head in your crib and all of a sudden, you know, Jim's creative and Janet isn't or, you know, Theron's creative and Biddlebop is a, you know, mathematician. Um, yeah, that's like even, you know, that's like a cognitive bias right there. Like mathematicians are creative. They have to solve problems. Um, so even in my, my brain, I have conditioning around what creativity is. Just, just saw it right there. Um, so creativity is the ability to transcend traditional ways of thinking and acting and to develop new and original ideas, methods, or objects. Um, I think this is probably why <laughs> there's always some kind of generational rift between people. It's like each generation is coming up with new ways to transcend traditional ways of thinking and acting and develop new and original ideas. And if you look at psychotherapy and social emotional awareness in the last 50 years, there's just a ton of evidence that that's true. And so creativity begins with a foundation of knowledge. So as a kid, you know how to, uh, whatever, hold a toy. And then you learn a discipline, you get your, your skills there. You hold the toy, you master a way of thinking, you know, like doggy is a dog, doggy barks. And then you experiment. You're like, what happens if I throw doggy off the couch? What happens if doggy goes in the bathtub? What happens if, you know, doggy can fly, right? You question assumptions. All the dogs you know as a little kid walk on the ground, but whatever, my stuffed animal dog can fly. And then you use Im imagination and look at the information you're getting. You get feedback from the people around you. You get feedback from your own brain. Anyhow, let's break this down. Creativity is an ability. So just like a physical ability, like learning how to use a fork or do calculus or recite poetry. Um, creativity is a skill that is specific to an individual. So it could be a mathematician, it could be a painter, it could be a singer. For some people it might seem to come naturally, you know, I do think maybe there's some genetic and spiritual predispositions here, um, just like anything else, but it's something that you can prove upon and give it time and effort. So creativity is a skill and We'll tie back to this because it's really important. It's a skill I, I, I would argue that 
and a lot of other people that I read would argue you unlearn. And I watched this in high schools. Um, creativity transcends our traditional way of thinking or acting. So transcends means you go above and beyond. You think outside of, you move around, you recognize the limitations of what already exists and you try to improve upon it. And so, I mean, electric cars, uh, solar energy, um, water filters, indoor plumbing. I mean, come on, we used to all go to the bathroom outside in this country not too long ago. And now there's pretty much indoor plumbing would say almost everywhere and so you, you think about what exists and you try to improve upon it and I think humans are incredibly ingenuitive like we invented the microwave because we wanted our cooked food faster because cooked food is good for our brain development so we came up with ways to to innovate and creativity develops new and original things I think yeah the key word here is develop Creativity goes beyond imagining. Like I can imagine a million different uses for this coffee cup, but uh, going beyond that, and you know, if I needed to use my coffee cup to bounce the sound for my iPhone off to create a little mini speaker that makes my iPhone louder, that's creativity, right? You can imagine you know that this this coffee cup could be a lot of things it could be a hat it could be underwear i don't know why i'm doing only clothing it could be a weapon it could be a piece of an art it could hold pencils there's so many things that this cup of this this coffee mug that i have here could do but creativity is really putting that into action so beyond imagining, and you develop, you develop something, you develop an idea. We get some research, prove if it's an idea, you get some research, blah, blah, blah. If it's a new process, you try to test it, see if it works, like this podcast. If it's an object, you build it. Um, every, time, <laughs> every time I think about that, when I was doing the research this morning for this podcast, I just kept thinking about Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure and how cool the opening shot of that is, you know, when Pee Wee hits his alarm and then it sets in motion this machine that like makes his eggs and makes his toast and puts his clothes on. Like I remember as a kid, just like, it was like so fascinating. I could watch that over and over and over again to see how it worked, see how it was built. Just to think like, oh, I've only seen my mom like cook eggs in a pan, but look at how this, you know, there's a pan, but like, there was a, a rubber chicken and a bowling ball and you know three toothpicks that turned on the stove and just being like holy shit like my brain would just light it still does like probably hear it in my voice my brain lights up when you think about that kind of stuff or at least when I do um, and so that being said like I think anybody listening to this podcast can think about a time recently as an adult that you saw a, ch a child being uh, being creative or using their imagination and applying it to how the world works you know figuring out how to use building blocks or put on clothing uh, one of my friend's kids is like where's the most amazing outfits he'll and his parents give him free reign to be creative he'll where his car heart like kind of construction stuff cause he likes to build and he's pretty outdoorsy but then he'll like wear his wonder woman bracelets and you know a funny hat and slippers and it's like yeah like that's that's a child exploring their environment and being creative so why aren't adults as creative as children is if we were all children at one point with this kind of natural proclivity for exploration this natural ability to like fail and you know work through our tears and then move on and keep playing and then create again so why why don't we keep that as adults you know like so many adults i meet you know think oh i'm not creative or i'm not an artist so how do we lose that you know if we're all kind of born with that how do we lose it um and i would say you know most of that is because we learn rules and regulations on our creativity. And we also have like, uh, 
we have two brain systems that that work that are working most of the time and i'm not going to go too far into it but there's one that controls what is called this is all uh, from dr george land one that call is called divergent thinking which is creative generating new possibilities experimenting and then there's one that's convergent which is making judgment criticizing and evaluating so we have these two different brain systems that develop in in our head and then is reinforced in education so one of them will have an idea like oh what if i made that sock a good earring the divergent thinking and then the convergent one comes on and well you know i don't think so i think people think that's weird and then it kind of kind of stifles through creativity and so both of those kind of always working in our brains at the same time and it's really interesting that you know kind of these two really important brain systems one of them polices the other one as we age and I think that that basically happens because of our educational system and so the educational system was designed during the industrial revolution when we all needed to learn specific skills like this was 200 years ago and we're still basically using the same model in 2022 so it's it's to train us to be good workers follow instructions understand procedure and protocol and make things basically and so you can probably think back well you know well, i knew this really talented guy named joe pilatus definitely a specific example who was like good at drawing in high school you know from the time I remember being in art class there was always like one art superstar and it was kind of like oh yeah like that person you know we'll give them all the attention because they'll be able to make money off of it all the rest of you are just kind of screwed so just get these in so we can say you did it we can round out the curriculum we can say we're you know teaching all aspects of the human blah 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 standards and regulations but inside of that, you know, I remember, and almost everybody I've talked to, there's kind of only one person who got that attention from the art teacher back in the day. And I've since worked with better art teachers that are awesome and really foster creativity in all their students. Um, but it's just not valued. And so we, I think, by slow measure, start to listen to the other part of our brain more. You know, it's not that we quit being creative, it's that we learn how to police our own creativity and that we learn how to police our own imagination. One of my favorite ways of expressing myself is dancing. And quite frequently I'll be walking down the street and I'll just want to dance. And it's taken me quite some time to just feel comfortable being like, you know, I'm gonna just go with the divergent thinking here and let these moves out of my body and you know the convergent judgment that's like oh people are gonna think i'm weird that's just gotten quieter over time and so i do think that you can make some adjustments as an adult to kind of reclaim these really beautiful parts of our, our early brain development or our connections to others you know i think we connect through creativity we create connect through cool ideas and making new connections and so not to go too far into it but our educational system basically reinforces the compliant part of our brain and doesn't quits feeding the the creative part of our brain and it's still there and there was this really interesting longitudinal study done by Dr. George Land and so NASA was really interested in having people who showed high levels of creativity like creative problem solving communication because astronauts and engineers and astrophysicists like there's a lot of new problems to solve it's like kind of just a right playground for new problems working in aerospace NASA and so they wanted to create a test so they could screen people to see how good, how creative they were, basically. And it's, it's a pretty simple test. I won't go too far into it, but it, it's a pretty simple test. And they were giving it to adults and they were noticing like, huh, it doesn't seem like many of these people are very creative. And so they, like, they were like, well, let's do a longitudinal study. So they gave the test to a group of 1,600 people when they were five and when they were 10 
and when they were 15, and then when they were adults. And so in this longitudinal study, they would look at a problem and have to come up with new ideas for how to solve it. And in my memory of the test I took when I was a kid, it's, it kind of it sounds really familiar to me because I remember getting the feedback that basically I came up with a bunch of new ideas for how to solve these problems on this test, and that's why I got into that program. And so when you're five, so the, the test subjects, when they were five years old, they had a 98%. They would get a 98%, so like an A plus basically, on creative problem solving and unique ways of looking at things and unique solutions. Those same 1,600 children, when they were 10 years old, were given the same test and that score dropped to 30%. So in just the first five years of school, you see, you know, a 50% decrease in creativity, if not more, 60. Um, and then they gave the same humans, same 1600, the same test when they were 15, and they got a 12%. So by the time you're in high school, that part of your brain, that, uh, what was it called? Why can't I think of it? That part of your brain that, uh, the convergent part of your brain that makes judgment, criticizes a value. It's like a loud speaker when you're a teenager. Um, that part is developing, I would say, super rapidly in adolescence. 15-year-olds only got a 12% on unique ways to solve problems. And here's the kicker. By the time they were adults, they got a 2% on the same test they scored 98% on when they were 5 years old. So they'd locked into that convergent part of your brain where it's like, oh, I've got this idea, but it won't work for this reason, this reason, this reason, and this reason. Oh, I could do that, but I can't do it for this reason, this reason, this reason, this reason. Oh, I'd love to become a painter, but I don't know color theory. Oh, so I'll, I'll just, you know, take up a different pastime. And so this is, these are things we all have, and I think you can learn how to rebalance that. You know, you can decondition yourself from, you know, the horrific psychological damage that public education does to us. And so... Yeah, they, they, they've since gone into, you know, now that we have MRIs, they're at, like when you're activating these two parts of your brain, these two different systems, right? They're not just parts, they're entire systems. The neurons are actually fighting one another when these two, when both of these parts of your brains are firing. There's an active, like almost like neurotransmitter cognitive dissonance going on. And so it's really hard, you know, once we've kind of been conditioned in one way, conditioned out of this imaginative, creative exploration that is okay with failure, like we actually feel uncomfortable, you know. And if someone's like, hey, why don't you get up and sing a song or why don't you draw us a picture, I mean, I'm sure you can think of a time in your life where you've seen somebody's like, oh my God, and it's like they have a panic attack. It's like the conversion part of their brain is like, don't you dare draw on that piece of paper. Say a bunch of self-effacing things right before we do this so everybody knows that you're not good. Which is like, God, it's so horrible. Like, what a what a damaging way to self-reference, you know? And I, I've, I've been guilty of this. I had an experience when I was teaching. I was working with a bunch of students in the treatment facility experienced significant significant trauma and I was we were doing something creative we we're making something and they were like oh why don't you you do something and I told them about this story about getting a really bad grade in high school and about you know being told that I wasn't a good artist and you know by school and then and my family it was like my sister's the good artist and all these things I started to believe and they were like why don't you one of my students just looked at me and was like, would you ever say that to any of us? And I was like, no. They're like, well, why don't you show us your painting? And I remember like from that moment forth, I was like, yeah, like I'm gonna unlearn this. Anyhow, so you've got creativity, you've got these two different brain parts, you've got all the things that we've learned, all the ways we've been conditioned to 
in this society to value one type of thinking versus the other, which is really ironic because in business or in education now, it's like the whole thing is like innovation, innovation, innovation. And people are like, well, shit, why can't anybody do it? It's like because we've had a school system for 200 years that slowly beats this out of us. And so what are the components of creativity? So there's expertise, there's knowledge, procedural, and intellectual. And then there's creative thinking with skills, flexibility, imagination, pattern recognition. Then there's motivation, whether it's intrinsic or extrinsic. There's failure, like the ability to fail. And then there's perseverance. And so this list is a little, I think it's a little confusing. So I think you need to have, you know, if, if you want to be a jazz musician, you do have to, have, if you want to be like a really creative jazz musician, you do need expertise. You need to know how to play a saxophone. You need to know the scales. You need to know time. So there is some understanding. You know, once once you're an adult, if you want to pick something up, there are some some things you need to know. I think about like the way I approach visual art. I've never. That's not true. I took the time to develop knowledge and understand procedure and understand drawing intellectually. I used to watched a ton of YouTube videos, I took some online courses, so I developed that. But when I think about painting, like with acrylics or oils, I have zero knowledge about color theory, about blending paints, about the techniques, about the tools. And so that really kind of stifles my creativity, is not having a basic amount of knowledge. And that's why, like, I would say if you want to get creative, just take an intro class to something and just start somewhere something you're interested in and they will they will give you that like easy set of things to gain and then there's creative thinking so like even when I paint I would say that I'm super I've got this part down like I can paint and be creative and be flexible and use my imagination and look at patterns and composition but like without that expertise I really struggle to be a super creative you know visual artist as far as painting goes and then your motivation you've got extrinsic versus intrinsic you know do you am I making these paintings so that everyone will think I'm awesome or am I making these paintings because they make me happy I mean I think that one's really important you know I think that intrinsic motivation is just a better it's a more firm foundation from which to move if I if I do this because I love it and because I want to and not so other people will give me recognition I'll probably enjoy it more. It'll, I'll probably be more creative. But that could be arguable. You know, I would say that a lot of creative innovations have come from wanting people to think you're dope. <laughs> you know, so like, it's kind of either or. I don't really have an opinion about that one, but I, I tend towards intrinsic motivation. If that's why you're doing things, it seems to set you up for more happiness and contentment. I'd say there, you know, the list. I got from the study, it was like there's three components to creativity, but I think there's more. I think there's failure. There's like a willingness to make mistakes that we have to relearn as adults, you know, like a willingness to just kind of flail around in the water like I was doing yesterday. Just like, you know, like I was failing up and down and, you know, failure isn't a comfortable thing. I wasn't having like delightful thoughts while I was stuck, you know, on this podcast topic yesterday. But I kept like I would fail incrementally and then I would try something new. I'm like, okay, this is this this memory podcast topic, this is a failure today. I've learned, this is what I learned, this is what I'll take with me. The Colorado history one, this is what I learned, this is what I'll take with me. And then just sticking with it, like a willingness to keep going. And having played the guitar off and on for 30 years I would say that perseverance like in that case it really paid off like at some point I my hands got more comfortable on the guitar my ear got better I just stuck with it I kept sucking until you know I'm at a place that I think I've always wanted to be with that one where I can pick up a guitar and watch a YouTube video and read some tab and I can learn pretty much any song no that's not true there are lots of songs I can't play I can learn a lot of the songs that I want to learn I'm not probably going to do any like kick-ass solos or anything like that, or I'm not playing any kind of crazy finger-picking stuff past a certain level. But anyhow, perseverance, sticking with it. Um, 
So there are all these like little components and ways that we can like jump into healing these creativity wounds. I think a lot of us have. So the same study uh, no, the Jason one uh, kind of broke down creativity into three categories, like types of creativity. Um, and the first one is combinational creativity, um, which I think is a huge component, you know, like your ability to see faces in clouds or shapes that resemble other things in nature, you know, a face in the knot of a tree or things that are familiar, you know, uh, animals and clouds and stuff like that. Um, this one's the most researched by neuroscience. And basically the idea is, is that, so like with the face example, like I know what a face is cause I'm a human and I've been pattern using that pattern recognition system inside my brain for a really long time. And then I take that pattern recognition system and I apply it to places where faces don't exist. So I'll look at a cloud and I'm like, oh, that looks kind of like a nose. Oh, that looks kind of like an eye. That looks kind of like an ear. So combinational creativity is generating new ideas through a combination of old ideas. So there's stages to this. So you, the idea is that you get as many old ideas as possible. You let them kind of just gestate in your brain. So you could be like, I do this a lot with the, po the podcast, you know, I'll just like, do a lot of research. I'll, I'll let them, I'll sit with it. I'll sleep on it. I force a trigger event. I'm like, okay, I got to do this podcast and finally engage in a relaxing activity. I'll go for a walk. And the podcast kind of starts to come together. So you get as many old ideas as possible. You let them incubate in your brain. You force a trigger event, you know, like I'm going to make something. I need to do something. And then you engage in a relaxing activity. Um, that allows all of that to kind of dance in your brain and your body to make new ideas or to come up with new stuff. And it, it's really pretty cool. And I think it, it, it's nice. I think it can be nice to have kind of like a process if you're feeling overwhelmed by this, you know, for me, it was like, I could have never healed a lot of these things if I didn't look at how it worked and so that's the first type of creativity there's another one called exploratory creativity and obviously everything's still guided by old ideas in your brains you know you've got ideas memories patterns symbols um but you you, you experiment in this one you you experiment to see what happens you know and I, when I think about this I think about kids like we used to play this game when I was a kid with one of my babysitters um, where we'd like make concoctions and see how they tasted, you know? So it was all like safe stuff. We were like putting bleach into, you know, banana split. It was like going to take a little bit of baking soda, some mustard and put it on a cracker. And we would have this kind of exploratory game to see who could make the most disgusting things. And so you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You know, this happens with food all the time. And it's not, there's not as much research about this, but I think this can be incredibly fun. You know, it's kind of like what, it's kind of what happened to me yesterday with the bouquet. You know, like I, I have some ideas of color and composition and I have all the, you know, experiences of having seen bouquets in my brain, you know, I wasn't learning how to make a specific kind. I wasn't following like a step by step, but I just, I bought the flowers. I laid them out on the table. I got my scissors. I put water in the vase and I just started playing with it to see what happened. And I can't tell you how, how much that helped me with, you know, this creative block that I was having is just doing something completely tangential to what I was trying to accomplish creatively. You know, I'm trying to do a podcast. I'm trying to come up with a theme, trying to come up with some jokes and some stories inside of that. And I was like, you know, almost nothing could be more different than making a bouquet while you listen to a hip hop mix on Spotify. And so that, that's a really powerful one, I think, because it, and it's, it's how I paint. 
you know, I'm, I'm in this like, what happens if I put this paint here and then this color here? And what if I flick the brush? And what if I swoosh the brush? And what if I whoop, 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 whoop the brush? And, you know, most of the time, this one for me is like a lot of times letting go of the attachment to the outcome. It's like I wasn't going to make the flowers ugly. You know, I, I'm a little bit harder on myself when I do exploratory painting, you know, because I've got more judgment. That, that other part of my brain's more online. Uh, about halfway into the process of putting the colors on the, the, the canvas or whatever, that other part of my brain is like, this sucks. No one's going to like this. Those colors are wrong. There's no there's no negative space it would never be an artist and so I'm still working through that one but uh it's really that's a lot of the way I, I, I approach a lot of things you know it's how I approach songwriting before I learned some of the formulas and I got some more knowledge about no this is you can use these chords in combination then if you use these chords they would make a good chorus then if you use those chords this would make a good bridge and blah 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 and so for me explorational creativity has opened up a lot of I don't know, it showed me a lot of like the skills and the knowledge that I was missing to become successfully creative with the instrument I was using, whether it was paintbrushes or guitar. And then there is a fine one to find, oh, this person who did the study, Bowden, um, called transformational creativity. And so basically, it's like how you know how kids will make up their own rules to a game they're like well that's not how we play it that's transformational creativity as you you have the rules and you take rules that prevent you from generating new ideas and ask yourself what would happen or what would be possible if that rule didn't exist and so there's a really great scientific example about this the 1985 hypothesis that some carbon molecules are hollow spheres um, opposite to common knowledge um, and pursuing that theory just be like what would happen if that wasn't true um, oh wait no yeah what would happen if um, so they were they were believed to not be hollow spheres so what if they were like okay that's not the truth so let's let's look at them as if they were hollow spheres opposite to common knowledge so looking at that theory led to the development of carbon nanotubes and nanotechnology in a nobel <clears throat> prize in 1996 basically it's like i don't know if y'all picked that up or not i had to pause there for a second there was a car alarm going off outside and so yeah uh transformational creativity yeah led to a nobel prize and it's like yeah, they, they say that this is how most radical ideas have happened. And I, I, my guess is that's true about most of the stuff we're seeing scientifically. Seeing medical creativity and stuff like that. And so, yeah, where that really makes me think like, okay, if all that's true, I understand that, you know, part of challenge it you know some of the challenging things about creativity are learned some of them are you know conditioning or beliefs that I have about myself that I learned from school or from my family or from my friends so so how do I unlearn them well, I would I would I would just start somewhere like what are you interested in like that's kind of what I you know like in my life I've been I feel like I've always had a good, like, strong imagination. I've been pretty creative, but there have been things that I have felt like were inaccessible, like, like quality songwriting or drawing. And I think you just, you kind of go back to that idea that, you know, you can be explored, like, explore, see, see what your interests are. Just, like, break some rules, explore, see what you're interested in. And then inside of whatever medium or genre or thing you're doing, then you can kind of go backwards and learn some of those skills you can get some of the knowledge you can learn some of the techniques and then you can learn how to expand your creativity because it's like it's i don't know if if you're listening to this i'm, I'm guessing you've had a moment in your life where you had an insight or a new way of looking at something or you felt your imagination lit up about something you got really excited like dancing with creativity i think creates a ton of positive benefits for relationships for professional 
development for personal well-being you know the the parts of our brains that light up for me on that side you know the generative seeing new possibilities like that feels good you know those are those are quality feelings and so picking a skill or picking picking a thing and doing it just trying it give it a shot like there are no wrong answers kids aren't sitting like five-year-olds on that test just were like yeah I'll, I'll saw they almost got a hundred percent on creative problem solving you know that's amazing like because nothing was off the table when they just you know maybe at that age our generative minds are more online you know we've learned less constraint fewer constraints and so I think there's some the places that creative block come from you know I've touched on some as far as how we've unlearned our creativity but I think that they can like keep coming up you know the, the inner critic the fear of rejection that part of our brain that said oh that's not a good idea or, oh I won't be good at that like the fear of rejection you know we all saw in high school how much social clout the good artists got how much positive feedback you know we all probably teased somebody or were teased by somebody about something we did creatively when we were teenagers and you know anybody who's an artist or creator can probably relate to this that just like yesterday it just came I didn't know I was like trying to schedule my week because of capitalism and because of scheduling and I was like where's the creative inspiration why can't I get this part of my brain and like creative blocks can come from depression or the end of a relationship or lack of financial support like that's a huge one feeling like if if I can't feed myself I shouldn't be creative the rational brain is meant to help keep us alive and inside of capitalism it's like well shit you don't have time to draw lollipops on paper Cole, because you need to pay your bills and like that's super reasonable and I want to live a life where I'm more in touch with that like Carl Jung would go out and play in the dirt once a day until he was like until he died you know he would let himself go play with sticks and rocks to keep that part of his brain alive so that he could make these new connections and see all the wonderful things he saw and added to psychotherapy um self-doubt i already mentioned that repeated rejection of one's work you know i i was terrified to sing in public because people told me my voice sucked well into my late 20s and then at some point i was like well i'm gonna try to get better at singing you know and so like and then i would i remember the first time somebody was like man you really sang that well I was like oh my god it felt so good so playing for safe people who are just going to kind of like having a hype team during this process is awesome whether it's a partner or your family or your friends I think if you're trying to foster creativity like having people who are just your cheerleader squad it's awesome um, anxiety regarding the outcome you know we put too much pressure on ourselves we see all these people who you know it's like whatever any famous off uh, any famous artist Picasso you know you, you probably can think of one or two of Picasso's famous pieces Picasso's probably got thousands but for those thousands there's so many that weren't great you know you have to make bad shit before you make good shit like I can honestly say there are probably 10 podcasts I made last year that I'm super proud of. And then some of them like, eh, you know, eh, that could have been better, eh, you know. And that's how we learn, you know. You fail, you you make mistakes, you adjust. Um, need for perfection is a huge one. You know, we I think we all have some some perfectionist things going on that, that, that can interfere with this, you know. Like, it's not going to be perfect. Just, just play. Um, the need for substances to be creative. This is a huge one. I, when I was in my 20s and I really wanted to be a writer, I, I believed the contemporary messaging around that, that to be a good writer, you also needed to be an alcoholic. And so I really went after that one in my 20s. And I have a hard drive, honestly, that I keep. I've been moving this computer. It's like an old Dell. I've been moving this computer for like 15 years. It's got all my old writing on it. And 
I'm kind of terrified of this hard drive because I don't really want to see what I was writing back then. I think, you know, basically all of my art has gotten better since I quit using um, substances to kind of fuel that fire. Um, mental illness, medical condition can always get in the way of this. You know, there's a biological thing. If you don't sleep well, it's going to be hard to be creative and generate new ideas. Uh, sudden loss uh, in the meaning or the purpose of your work. And, yeah, negative self-talk, criticism. Yeah, so yesterday I had, I had everything going on. I was, just, I was just getting it in the creative block. And I getting outside of your head, doing stuff, taking a walk, taking a bath, taking, your, taking some of the pressure off the end product, doing some cognitive behavioral therapy. You know, this isn't the end of the world. If I don't get a podcast out, I'll be fine. If I don't make a work of art that's going to hang in the Louvre or whatever, write a book that millions of people read, it's going to be okay. Like, I'm doing this for me. This is something that I like to do. I find all that stuff really helpful. Like, getting... There, there was a great lesson I learned from my dad where he was teaching me to watercolor at one point. And I was, you know probably noticeably tense and he put on the Dixie Chicks and he was like no we're not going to touch a paintbrush until you dance for five minutes and you know getting out of your head getting out, getting into your body mixing up those those brain signals and allowing yourself to approach something fresh make a bouquet do something totally tangent, tangential like I don't know one of my favorite podcasters talks about you know there are days where he just needs to play video games and let the stuff kind of ruminate, you know, to go back to that fourth step in, in that creative process, the combinational creativity. Sometimes you need to do stuff, do things that completely don't look creative at all just to give your brain a rest so that something can happen. And I'm just really glad I did it because I feel, I feel good about this podcast. I, I took yesterday let myself think outside of the box I, I worked the tools that I have you know I did I tried to exercise other parts of my creative brain to open up the parts that talk for an hour with all of you and I'm so glad I did because this is this has been a really fun podcast to do and I'm, I'm happy that this is the one that's going to mark the year anniversary because this, is, this has been an experiment. This has been a, a lesson of trial and error. There's been failure. There's been growth. There's been connecting new ideas. And I've, I've been able to put my imagination about creating a place where we can talk about these kinds of things. I've been able to put it, I've been able to make it. And that's been great. So thank you all so much for this year. I mean, I can't even tell you. I'm smiling from ear to ear, looking at my bouquet. I'm... I'm so happy and I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank you. You guys are doing a great job, whatever you're doing, surviving this pandemic, this, this international crisis that's going on in Ukraine, and just all the stuff that's been challenging. Y'all are getting through it. I appreciate that. Thanks for taking care of yourselves. Thanks for supporting this podcast. If this is your first time and you haven't heard the spiel, here it comes. This is a listener-supported podcast. I depend on you, the listener. There are no advertisers. Um, yeah, so you can go to my Patreon if you feel like supporting. You can contribute, you know, price of a coffee or a beer if you're getting something from this. You know, if, if you think, yeah, I got a little something from that. I'd pay five bucks for that. Go over to Patreon. You can leave me five bucks a month, www.patreon.com forward slash tourney of the bones. You can go to my website, www.tourneyofthebones.com. You can share it on social media. You can share it with a friend. Word of mouth is doing wonders for this. We have doubled the listenership, consistent listenership in the last six months. So hitting some of these goals. Thanks to all of you, you beautiful angels you 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 sensual sarahs you lavish larrys you creative carols thank you for joining me like subscribe share follow 
we'll keep this going. Looking forward to another year. Looking forward to seeing where this goes in the future. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I hope you have a wonderful time being creative, letting your little kids shine, just letting them play, taking them out to the paint store. Just go wherever you want. Do whatever you want. Play with sticks. Turn a leaf into a dragon and have it attack rocks on the ground. And have fun. Be well. Bye now.